From How to Barbecue Right Studios in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. So the music today uh, is in tribute to DMX, also known as Earl Simmons. I died over the weekend, decided to use his music as intro to the show. That's right. And you actually said, hey, we have to use Earl Simmons uh, music for the show. And I said, who the heck is Earl Simmons? Definitely, definitely a conversation you want to have with your talent guy. Hey, man, have you ever thought of changing your name? Because my UPS driver's name is Earl Simmons. Earl Simmons. Then went by Darkman X, okay. uh, narrowed it down Which to I DMX. Which I did not know. I did not know that's what DMX, it makes total sense now. Mm-hmm. And now I get it. <laughs> yeah. So now down to DMX and I passed away over the weekend. I think that you know a lot of the people that are about our age yeah. are very familiar with who it is and i guess you were still in college late college uh towards the end of uh of, of being at Ole miss and um yeah when rough rider would play at the library it turned fun uh i was uh, unfortunately working i didn't i wasn't having a lot of fun <laughs> i'd already started work you know i would put it on to get myself angry going to work right. in order to face the day and or playing it on the way home because I was angry uh, just because of the way the day went. I mean, just a, a generational rapper yeah, uh, sure. that passed away, and I think he was the first and only rapper to have his first five albums go platinum and hit number one on the chart. You know, fantastic. So just unfortunately, you know, he had a lot of trouble, and it led to his passing over the weekend. One of the things on his video was um, the motorcycles. His motorcycles, right. yeah, were big right. on the video. That was like the where they would hop with the tires and stuff like that. So shout out to DMX again, man. Fifty years old, hard to believe. We're, you and I are at the age now where some of the biggest rappers, you know, fifty years old, passing away. But um, it was a part of it. It is, and then other other than that uh, this weekend, just beautiful weekend. Absolutely. Whoa, 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 whoa. We had prom. I say we. Uh, I keep saying we. You yeah. had prom. I saw some pictures. Everything looked. I mean, the weather could not have been better. Could not have been Saturday. better. Yes. Uh, th- good time. You know, of course, we've said it was in Hernando. They had a good time. Everybody got home safely. All right. Uh, there was didn't seem to be any any known issues, and so that's always a positive. Once you can see that the you know the, the life three sixty changes everything. Sure. And if parents, if you have young kids right now and don't know what we're talking about, you will. Uh, the life three sixty is a game changer because you can kind of follow them. And once I saw, you know, he was he'd gone to like an after party. Once I saw he got to the after party safely, I called it a night. Um, and Lisa slept on the couch and waited up for him. And I said, wake me up if anything happens, but got home, you know, I think between one and two, seemed to be okay. And Bo would be a bit different because a lot of North Point kids live throughout DeSoto County, not just in Hernando. Uh, How how far off was the after party? Uh, Right up there off of College Road. It's about five, ten miles. Not bad. No, not not bad at all. I mean, about halfway between here and the school. Yeah, so when he got home around 3.30, that was, uh, he was safe? That was good? No, not 3.30. That's another good thing. You can say when he got home, Life 360 tells you that to the minute uh, when he he crosses whatever threshold home is considered. But, you know, good, good night there, and then. Other than that, just a absolutely Chamber of Commerce weekend. Beautiful weather. Got did a little yard work. Got my plants. Well, some of my plants for the spring. Cut the grass for the first time. And I think what Matt, you had a soccer tournament this weekend. Yeah, actually, I guess U14, is that how it works? Yeah, 07s. The 07s, uh, Hernando Express 07s. We want to give a shout-out to them. Uh, Round-robin tournament. Played some teams that we, we've played in the past. It, it was great, Derek. They went 3-0. and uh, Our boys uh, played well, won the tournament from a round-robin standpoint. Only four teams competing. And it was uh, three different clubs that we've played against. Germantown Legends mm-hmm. beat them. Bartlett Soccer Club beat them. We ended up beating the DeSoto Lobos. So three named teams, named programs in the area. So Hernando Express, shout-out to you guys for doing that. I think some other Hernando Express teams were heavily involved all weekend long out at Micro. So definitely a shout out to the soccer growth here in Hernando uh, for sure. Again, everybody listening, we have great soccer programs in Hernando. If you haven't been to the soccer fields, please go out Robertson Road, to go to Bell Vista Way and just kind of drive down there and see it. Just absolutely great fields, uh, great programs that we have here. 
And again, along with the great weather, it was a great weekend to go buy houses. And if you're looking to buy or sell a home in DeSoto County, you need to reach out to Team Couch of Birch Realty Group, our 2021 presenting sponsor. Team Couch possesses over 64 years of combined real estate experience. They are the number one team for over a decade when it comes to buying and selling of residential real estate. They are ranked nationally as a top-performing real estate team. Derek, just this past week, they were named for the fourth time they were voted the top real estate team in DeSoto County. So congratulations to Brian and Terry and their team again. Continue to improve each and every year at the buying and selling of residential real estate here in DeSoto County. Right now is a great time to list your house. If you listen to the OB Pod, our brother podcast, there was a story on there of a house that listed within hours had over 80 showings and almost 50 different offers on that house within hours. Now's a perfect time to sell your home. Reach out to Brian and Terry and their team at Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. You can find them at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Or find them at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com for a free, no-obligation market analysis for your home. Again, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group, 662-449-1700. Derek, speaking of beautiful Chamber of Commerce weather, now's the time to visit the How to Barbecue Right Shop. How to Barbecue Right Shop is located just 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics right here under the water tower. This store has everything a man needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor cooking. Whether it's rubs, knives, sauces, cutting boards, thermometers, cast iron, or a really cool high-end smoker, Malcolm's Shop is your place. If you've ever seen Malcolm's How to Barbecue Right cooking videos, you need to stop by and check out his shop. You can call them at 662-912-9947. Again, 662-912-9947. Facebook, H2Q Malcolm Shop. On Facebook, H2Q Malcolm Shop. But the best plan is to visit Malcolm Shop right past Connection Gymnastics on the left-hand side in Hernando. Again, How to Barbecue Right Shop, our 2021 studio sponsor. Well, if this is your first time listening to the UTW podcast, we typically start right here under the water tower. I guess it's probably a good thing what I'm about to say. Not a whole lot going on in Hernando. Not an Alderman meeting to talk about tonight. Not an Alderman meeting to talk about from last week or anything. So we're going to go ahead and move our attention out to some statewide news. Derek, tell us what you got. A little bit of redistricting talk. Again, redistricting. They look at the census numbers. They change some things around so everyone could be represented correctly. Tell us about some redistricting happening in Mississippi. So I think a lot of y'all you know, this is 2021, so the census, of course, took place last year. Hopefully, everybody sent their census numbers in. 2021, or basically the year after the, uh, the decade beginning, typically is the year that the all the legislatures around the nation in each state kind of sit down and start talking about and looking at redistricting. However, for 2021 session, as you noticed, we did not talk about that uh, over the last three months, and that was because the census data has been delayed. The data was first delayed. Uh, they were told they are going to receive it July 31st of this year, July 31st of 2021 is when the numbers at first were told that, that, that we would receive all of the census numbers for the state of Mississippi and, and basically for every state in the nation. However, now Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman said that it will be at least the end of September before the census data comes down. So, again, I know we gave Hernando a hard time about taking 10 years to um, redistrict uh, ourselves over in back in December. When it was finally done, well, you know, this time they do get a break because we don't have numbers. The state won't have numbers at the end of September. They'll pass those down to the cities. So, again, when the uh, our new 
board meets on July 1st, the new board takes over, they won't be look, probably talking about this until sometime next year along with the state. So uh, what Delbert Hoban has kind of come out early and said, look, we've already started conversations. We've already got the uh, House and the Senate committees set up, who the, the members will be from those committees that will kind of meet uh, in you know, joint sessions together throughout the rest of this year as the numbers come in to try to have something preliminarily ready. Uh, once the 2022 session starts. Now, the redistricting itself is the process of redrawing the district boundaries in whenever a state has more or less representative than a district based on population. It is required by the U.S. Constitution, which we learned about back in December, after each census is completed, and each congressional district must have an equal number of people, and if a state has more than one district, they must adjust the lines. Now, right now, Mississippi has four congressional districts. That's been the same since 2000. Uh, in the 2000 census, we actually lost a seat, so we went from five to four. We're still at the current four. We do not uh, expect to gain uh, a seat this year in the U.S. House. And so, you know, when the original deadline for the census was pushed back, the Secretary of State, Michael Watson, said he was not concerned Mississippi would be able to perform the redistricting duty because the state does not have a legislative election in 2022. So, again, they'll have the entire session next year to get this done because they're not trying to rush for a, an April vote like it would have been this year if they had to have done it this year. Now, at one point in time, Mississippi was under a federal a rule where they had to actually submit their stuff to the feds because of civil rights uh, acts back in the 60s. We're now past that. We no longer have to do that. So as long as it's within reason, you know, I'm not saying there won't be lawsuits. And people can you know, obviously say, well, you took away my seat or you expanded my boundaries. Now the people that voted for me last time can't vote this time. I'm sure you'll have some of that. There'll be a lot of back and forth, but we don't necessarily have to meet. We do have to meet the federal guidelines. But we're not under any kind of order. We have to submit anything to the national government uh, once our redistricting is done. So again, kind of early talk right now. We'll be covering it a, a lot uh, next, uh, I guess, late in winter, early spring next year. But just some thought, if you're wondering about uh, the census numbers, if you're wondering you know, hey, we don't want to fall behind like we did in Hernando last year. Well, don't look for it this year. It will definitely be probably the first part of next year before the state and Hernando looks at redistricting. Well, we discuss redistricting here in Hernando quite a bit. And again, it, it, if it happens locally, it's also going to happen state-related and federal-related. So it's definitely, you know, eye-opening, Derek. And we look forward to talking about that. I'm sure we'll talk about that quite a bit. Uh, Mike McClendon felt like we may actually gain a, a seat. Uh, you know, from a state standpoint, from the state, yeah, state on the state house, he, he did. Yeah. Well, excuse me, state house and or senate. That may absolutely, you know, absolutely happen. And again, it's all going to be how they re redraw the lines once they get the numbers right. in. But we, again, we know for a fact we're not going to gain a congressional member for the state of Mississippi uh, in 2021. Correct. Our next thing, state related, Derek, the Department of Public Safety, an already pretty darn large, like you said, uh, off air, thousand employee uh, situation here in the state of Mississippi, is growing by about 300 jobs. Some different things that a lot of Hernando people, a lot of DeSoto County people are familiar with, is going to fall under the Department of Public Safety. Tell us about that. So, one of the other topics, and as we, as we said, we've you know, covered a lot of the topics throughout the first three months until they signed out at the end of March. We're kind of slowly, other things are slowly being, I guess, you know, say leaked out or actually being released now. Now that the session is over, but lawmakers approved major increases in power and authority and spending for the Mississippi Department of Public Safety uh, this session, Matt, as you mentioned, uh, with the agency taking over law enforcement duties from the Mississippi Department of Transportation and Capitol Police, among other changes. Before this year, the Department of Public Safety included Highway Patrol, Mississippi Bu uh, Bureau of Investigation, Mississippi Bureau of Narcotics, the State Office of Homeland Security, and the Crime Lab. All right, so that's what they had up to this point. They had about 1,100 people. Well, now after this session, the legislature now has uh, bumped their duties to include taking over MDOT enforcement. So they'll now be over. I mean, it kind of makes sense because MDOT is what, you know, have you ever seen those cars parked on the side of the roads that look like, 
Highway Patrol, but they're kind of gray and they say MDOT on it. They're actually looking for, you know, things that have to do with, you know, commercial motor carrier laws. So, you know, maybe like 18-wheelers breaking laws and that sort of thing. So they're now taking over MDOT enforcement. They're taking over the Office of Capitol Police. Uh, they're going to be over patrolling and running of radar and interstates within large cities. A brand new uh, law that was passed sure. that we did talk about because Hernando it does fall under that. Any state, any, excuse me, any city or municipality over 15,000 people will now allow the uh, Mississippi Highway Patrol to run radar in their cities. So congratulations, Hernando. You may be uh, uh, on 69 or 55 if you're speeding. It might just not just be Hernando police coming after you. Now, the, the MBI-designated elite agency for officer-involved shootings. So they were already over the Bureau, but now if there is an officer-involved shooting, Public safety will now run that. Anywhere in the state. Anywhere in the state. Involved. And then the uh, hiring assistants to help medical examiner doctors. So, again, they were already over the crime lab, and now they're going to uh, be able to hire the assistants to help the medical examiner doctors. Uh, and then, finally, they'll be uh, moving forward on a new Department of Safety headquarters. So, there's a lot of you – know, so, again, they're going from 1,100 employees to 1,400 employees, taking all of this in, which is kind of a consolidation of departments, which does make some sense. A lot, there's, there's several other states where this was already included. And as part of their de uh, Department of Public Safety, Mississippi is now rolling all in there. They all will be getting a new headquarters, uh, as I just mentioned, that will help to, you know, I guess, oversee all this. Cost of the headquarters is going to be anywhere from 60 to 80 million and will break ground in 2022. Something that probably needed to be done, kind of lumping it all into one big large category. But the you know, Mississippi Department of Public Safety, already an important department, just became a lot more important. Speaking of the Department of Public Safety, is it going to, is the headquarters going to be a beautiful downtown Jackson, Mississippi? The beautiful word safety downtown. being the primary, the primary thing. <laughs> Actually, right well, uh, Rankin County. Rankin County. Okay, Rankin here County. we go. All right. Rankin okay. County. Well, one thing I paid attention to, Derek, when you talked about medical examiners, I say this before, most listeners know I grew up in the funeral business. Coroners help with that. Medical examiners, man, that is something that is extremely needed. The number of people going into that field is, uh, is pretty low. Both families, police departments, sheriff's departments, uh, they need answers a lot quicker. And having some help with medical examiners, I'm telling you, that is a really big deal that most people don't know about. So I'm glad to hear that some people will be added to that staff there because they, you know, you could add 10, you could add 100 and still be behind, I'm sure, in the state of Mississippi. Appreciate that information when it comes to the Mississippi Department of Public Safety. Uh, again, that's going to wrap up our, our state stuff. If you're ready to travel out of Mississippi, now's a perfect time to reach out to Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher at Magical Destinations of Hernandez. Magical Destinations is locally owned and operated right here in Hernando. These ladies work to get you the best rates with headache-free planning. Whether it's Disney World, Universal Studios, National Parks, any travel across America, now's a perfect time to reach out to Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher. You can call them at 662-469-6304. That's 662-469-6304. Or you can find information about them on Facebook and Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. That's Magical Destinations Unlimited on Facebook and Instagram. Give them a call today for your summer travel plans. Lauderdale Insurance Agency, your local state farm provider, is located at 11 West Commerce Street, directly across from the Hernando Post Office. Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, former alderman and local resident of Hernando. His team specializes in insurance for life, home, business, and auto. Mr. Sam encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price, but feels confident Lauderdale Insurance Agency should be your insurance provider. Please call Sam, Sherry, Angie, or Jennifer at 662-429-5213. Again, 662-429-5213. Or find them on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency. 
Saturday, May 1st is right around the corner, and that will be the first day of the Hernando Farmer's Market. The Hernando Farmer's Market brings together the best of local food, artistry, and agricultural traditions of the Mid-South. It's a place to shop, it's a place to gather, but more importantly, it's a rare chance to experience the simplicity of a Mississippi small town. It is truly a fresh, local experience. For more information about being a vendor for the Farmer's Market, reach out to Gia Matheny, Community Development Director for the City of Hernando at 662-449-9092. That's 662-449-9092. The Farmer's Market will run from May 1st through October each Saturday morning from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. right here on the historic Hernando Square. Our Farmer's Market is ranked nationally as a top Farmer's Market. You don't want to miss every Saturday, May 1st through October, 8 to 1 in Hernando. DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments and general dentistry, including implants and implant-supported dentures and Invisalign. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process and the end result. The office is designed to provide a safe, comfortable, and relaxing atmosphere for their patients. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference or reach them at 662-429-5239. Again, 662-429-5239. Well, Derek, it's Tuesday under the water tower, which means the most important thing in DeSoto County on Tuesdays, the DeSoto County Fact of the Week, brought to you by the DeSoto County Museum. Rob Long, his staff, right across from Area 51 Ice Cream. Derek, I drove by Area 51 Ice Cream literally out to the street. Cars were out to the street. Oh, no, it's, it's man, that, that new setup right there. Absolutely. The thing is very well, nice. I figured they were either going there for ice cream or they were all picking up their uh, their start shirts at the same time at Blue Ribbon Cleaners. <laughs> so right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably say they were enjoying some ice cream. Right across the street from Blue Ribbon Cleaners in Area 51, the Soda County Museum, right here, downtown Hernando, an asset to this community for sure. Rob Long and his staff available Tuesday through Saturday, 9 to 5. That's Tuesday through Saturday, 9 to 5 on Commerce Street in Hernando. DeSoto County Fact of the Week this week, Derek, consists of what? Geese. Now, Matt, you and I, we, we both live on a, a pond in, in our neighborhood. This time of year, I mean, the geese have just, they, they're, right. they come in, uh, they mate. You know, geese are, I guess, married for life. And so this is, the, they, they mate this time of year. They're, they've laid their eggs and they're very protective, making, I mean, they'll wake you up at 4 a.m., 5 a.m., flying by. I kind of don't like them. Really don't like you. Yeah, you, you had to be. You bought a BB gun years ago for for geese popping geese that I can, came on. I, I can neither confirm nor deny Correct. that I have a BB yes. gun uh, for geese. But um, yeah, Derek lives in Notting Hill. Everybody, Derek has <laughs> <laughs> no pond. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now that I think about it, you're right. Uh, so anyway, so I was kind of thinking about that. So I kind of reached out to Rob. I said, Rob, I need a fact of the week that has to do. And he found me a fact of the week, Matt, about geese. That's pretty impressive. Go the ahead. farmers had learned that geese could be put. This is in 1947 in Hernando. 19 47 Hernando farmers had learned that geese could be put into cotton fields to eat the young grass shoots as they sprouted but would not eat the cotton plant thousands of geese so maybe we should blame the farmers of Hernando in 1947 thousands of geese were brought in to quote-unquote weed the crop and to eliminate costly time-consuming cotton chopping 
The geese did not turn out too well, however, because stray dogs got into the flocks along with fox. The geese were hard to transport from field to field and to protect. After the grass season, who wants to eat goose all year? A little later on that year, a mechanical cotton picker was developed in Arizona. It was made by the Rust Brothers Company and appeared to have promise. And, of course, we all know it, it did work out that they <laughs> now have machinery to do that. We no longer have to bring in geese. Unfortunately, though, the geese never left. Uh, yeah, you're right, Derek. They have settled in the lakes of Cedar Grove uh, subdivision right there. Hey, do you think uh, geese, you said geese, uh, they mate for life or they're they married for life? Uh, if geese had social media, would that probably uh, be a big Ooh, issue? That'd be a, be a big issue. Look, I'm just saying. I, I love the one goose is just minding his business. I mean, he's just in the yard trying to eat whatever. And then I guess he comes within 200 yards of a nest. Right. And then other, the other male goose just come at him. I mean, it is I mean, just honking. And we just, see it every year. It's oh, the same it's thing just, every year. Oh, gosh. It's just and they're, I mean, they eat the good grass, and then they just poop. They leave seeds everywhere. It's, they're, they're just. I understand. You're not a fan of geese, no doubt. Just, just the worst thing we always have like one goose a year at Lake Cedar Grove. The lakes there has like a, a bad wing or a bad oh, leg, man, and bad poor leg. thing. <laughs> you just kind of, well, you just kind of like. I mean, then that's when you have the office pool. Okay, that geese got five days. Yeah, five we, days. Yeah, the fox just, is going to come and just take it you know, at some point. Yeah, he limps around and nobody will talk to him. None of the other birds talk well, to him. They're working on leaving him. They're trying to figure out. They're whispering so to their friends, it's saying, so "Hey, bad. man, let's." He's really affecting our uh, our pool time and stuff like that so uh rob long thank you for your fact of the week pretty impressive with the uh the goose um you know fact rob does a great job and not only that he got me this information yesterday got me this information yesterday on his day off that's right remember they're closed on mondays on his day off rob long finds this sends it to me so could not appreciate him more another quick fact rob long's day off is not sunday because rob is a pastor that's correct yeah, just an FYI, Rob Long, DeSoto County Museum. Stop by there anytime, 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. Visit with the staff there at the uh, DeSoto County Museum. Another just a wonderful fact of the week and another asset to our community, the wonderful under-the-water tower community right here in Hernando. North Point Christian School is honored to have just been voted DeSoto's best middle school and DeSoto's best high school by the readers of the DeSoto Times-Tribune. Want to learn more about DeSoto County's largest, oldest, and most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school that serves students in grades PK through 12? The school continues to see great interest and excellent attendance at their open house events. Due to demand, they have added an additional Preview the Point event for prospective families on Monday, April 26th at 6 p.m. School representatives will be on hand to answer your questions about North Point's distinctive approach to school health and safety, as well as their unmatched academic, athletic, and arts offerings. Reserve your spot today by contacting their Director of Admissions, Mrs. Sheila Sharon, at 662-349-5127. Again, 662-349-5127. Come find out why North Point is best. You think, Derek, that they'll probably look back at the boom of 2021 and uh, for North Point Christian School and it's because of the Under the Water Tower podcast? Oh, I, I've already said that. I mean, that <laughs> Average 20, 25 families every month that uh, that they have it. I mean, what, why else would it be? I mean, it's no coincidence. They started advertising with us, and now they're having record uh, previewing the point stuff. Now, we can't take care of them once they preview it. That's once right. they be there, it's up to them. But we, it, we it have does yet. go out to all the other companies listening. Right, Just exactly. think what we could do for you. Right, exactly. If you'd like to advertise with the UTW podcast, reach out to us under the water tower info at Gmail. That's under the water tower info at gmail.com. Derek had the opportunity to visit with Greg Drumright. Greg Drumright is the gentleman building the Fieldhouse Project. Greg is also the owner of Green King Spray Services. Since 2001, Green King has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, 
products and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419. That's 662-892-8419. Or visit their website at greenkingspray.com. That's greenkingspray.com. If you want it green, call the king. Once Greg and his team have your grass green and ready to grow, reach out to Williams Services if you're in need of help with your lawn. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Now's the perfect time to reach out to Richard and his team for their monthly contract for your lawn service. That's a monthly contract where you can pay the same price every month for your home lawn. They can also assist you in leaf removal, tree trimming, and all types of winter cleanups. Give Richard a call at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or find Richard on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. That's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. We covered football in the fall, basketball in the winter, and now we've turned our attention to softball and baseball. We kind of made plans to cover baseball and softball on Fridays, but with a little bit shorter show today on a Tuesday, we're going to catch everybody up to what happened on, on over the weekend. Derek, I will go ahead and say it, under the water tower, man, social media, a lot of different news channels covering the Hernando Lady Tigers the number one softball team in the state. And we like to say we, we recognize them first, of course. Oh, we did. Of course. We recognize them first, exactly. We voted for them. We, we voted for them. So, <laughs> yeah, we like to recognize that. Tell us more about the Hernando Lady Tigers over the weekend. Well, Matt, we're going to start with the SB, SB Live 30 top Mississippi high school softball players okay. in the state. These are 30 softball players who are turning heads as we inch closer to the playoffs. Of the 30, four come from the number one team in the state. That's the Hernando Lady Tigers. That's right, four. Four. Four out of 30. 30. Four out of 30. We also have one from DeSoto Central and one from Lake Cormorant. So six of the 30, so one-fifth, 20%, come from DeSoto County. Awesome. We want to give a shout-out and and read these girls' names off uh, and their stats through their first anywhere from 15 to 21 games, depending on whose team it is. So number one, Allie Callahan for Hernando. She's batting 442 through 21 games with four doubles, three triples, three home runs, and 27 RBIs. Nice. Jacqueline Carter for Hernando, batting 525 through 21 games with nine doubles, three home runs, and 27 RBIs. Riley Eister for Hernando, batting a ridiculous 571 through 20 games with three doubles, three triples, a home run, and 13 RBIs. And then finally for Hernando, Julia Shaw. Uh, she's a pitcher who's absolutely dominating on the mound with a 12-0 record, a .81 ERA, 92 strikeouts, and only 13 walks in 69 innings of work. Is that good? Slightly. <laughs> Slightly good. And she's not on the mound. She's in the circle. She's in the circle. Got to get it right on the softball In the pitch. circle. You are right. In the circle. For DeSoto Central, as we mentioned, they had one. For the Lady Jaguars, Megan Vinson is batting 489 through 17 games with five doubles, a triple, three home runs, and 11 RBIs. She's also a dual threat as she uh, has been nearly unhivotal in, in the circle with a .18 ERA through 38.1 innings with 82 strikeouts and eight walks. If you've got a if you got a sub one ERA, I mean you're nasty out there. Oh yeah. You're, I mean nobody's getting on base, nobody's earning the runs. That is really really solid right there. And then finally, rounding out the DeSoto County players who are in the top 30 in the state, Reese Woods of Lake Cormorant, 
She's batting an unbelievable 6-10 through 15 games with four doubles, three triples, and 15 RBIs, and she also has eight stolen bases. Now, remember, stolen bases in, in softball, you cannot leave till it crosses the plate. So she's pretty quick. And her sister was in Legally Blonde. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what a great honor those girls. I mean, again, six of the top 30 in DeSoto County. SB Live, you said SB Live is SB who's doing Live. that. Mm-hmm. Players to watch for Hernando. I'm sorry, players to watch in the state for softball. Congratulations to you and ladies. That, that's that's just awesome. What a great honor. But, man, just – and I, I know some of those girls, not all of them, uh, from, from a Hernando standpoint. My daughter goes to school with them, praises each and every one of them. Good people, nice young ladies. Uh, I think Miss Eister may be running for – executive president right now and student council good luck to all of them the rest of the year you know we joke around about but you know under the water towers what we cover congratulations to those young ladies we will absolutely be, be praising you for the rest of the season and now we're turning to the actual games that took place over the weekend. Uh, as mentioned, Hernando is the number one team in the state and played two games since our last podcast. Hernando defeated Oxford on Friday for their third district win of the season. They beat them 13-2. to They followed that up with a non-conference game against Houston on Saturday. In that game, the 21-1 Tigers were pushed to the limit in a 10-inning thriller where Jacqueline Carter, who we just mentioned, walked it off with a base hit in the bottom of the 10th to give the Lady Tigers a 9-8 win. Julia Shaw, who we also just meant, just mentioned, went the distance on the mound. It was their 18th win in a row, and of course, they increased their record to 22 and one on the season. Yeah, nail biter win right there. Absolutely. Today. Well, it's amazing to me. The 6A schools are giving them no kind of run for their money. Houston comes up, probably a way smaller school, and it's you know difficult yeah, game on like Saturday. Three or four. A, I was going to yeah. say three or four. A, probably about south of New Albany or something like that, mm-hmm. and they come up and, and give them such a te- uh, a test. So, congratulations to those young ladies as they continue to march through their schedule. Next, uh, the Lewisburg, the Lady Patriots, played three games over the weekend beginning on Friday night. On Friday, they defeated Tupelo 10 to nothing, And on Saturday, they hosted Northwest Rankin where they split the doubleheader and they moved their overall record to 13-6. and DeSoto Central. DeSoto Central hosted St. Benedict out of Memphis in a non-conference game on Friday night. Chesney Beckham tossed a complete game in the circle, holding St. Benedict to one run and striking out eight in the 7-1 to victory. Megan Vincent. Was two for three at the plate. Of course, we just mentioned her also. Two for three at the plate, and Armstrong had two RBIs for the Lady Jaguars. And finally, in our softball recap, North Point. North Point played in a tournament over the weekend and went one and one. In the first game, North Point picked up a 2 1 win over Olive Branch. The winning pitcher, Brown, allowed six hits and one run over five innings. Libby Sowell was two for three. Maddie Walters was two for three. And Natalie Shaw was one for two with a double. In the second game, the Lady Trojans fell eight to four to South Panola. Brown took the loss for the Trojans as she picked, pitched both games on the day. Sure. Natalie Shaw was one, one for two with a triple. Libby Sal was two for two. And Anthony went one for two with a double. They now travel to MHEA for their next game uh, of, for, uh, during this week. Isn't that the homeschool thing, MHEA? That's right. Yeah. So where do they play? In someone's backyard? I'm not sure. They're called the <laughs> Nighthawks. That's all I know. I was just thinking about that. That's a very good question. I think Where that, would a homeschool team play their home games? I know that. Maybe at a park or something? Three, I guess it wasn't, what, two years ago? No, two years ago. Two years ago, Bo played the MHEA. They played at the ball, the football field next to the Liberty Bowl. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? That yeah, yeah, MT, sure, yeah. sure. So I'm not quite sure where they would play the softball games. Nice part of town. Yeah, right nice part of town. And they, you know, they. <laughs> Congratulations to the young ladies softball. Derek, going to have some good playoff talk coming up with the softball teams. Definitely some people that make it, uh, make a deep run. Tell us more about baseball uh, since Friday. Uh, since Friday. So we start again, start under the water tower. Hernando, as mentioned last week, Hernando played Oxford and had lost the first two games of their three-game series. 
uh, when we did our podcast last week. Uh, the second was in heartbreaking fashion with back-to-back home runs to walk it off. On Friday night, Oxford completed the sweep of Hernando with an 8-5 to victory. The score was tied 3-3 until Oxford erupted for five runs in the top of the fourth to pull away. Eighth grader Luke Romine led the Tigers on offense, going 2-3 for three with a home run. Eighth grader. And Ethan McNatt also had a homer. Hernando will face Horn Lake as their district foe this week for their three-game series. I feel pretty good about this this week. Baseball-wise, baseball yeah. Horn Lake's not a yeah. juggernaut. Frankly. No, they're not. I'm, 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 I mean, Hernando definitely needs uh, two of these three yeah, games we need, this week. Yeah, let's, we need to win two or three. If we don't win two out of three this week, Derek, we're, we're, we're going to have a problem. But good luck to the Tigers this week against the Horn Lake Eagles uh, in district play. Now we're going to turn to Lewisburg. Uh, with the series uh, with Tupelo was tied one-to-one uh, when we were last reported. Lewisburg gets a dominating pitching performance from Braden Sanders to beat the Golden Wave four-to-nothing to capture the three-game series. Sanders is now three and two in the year, and the Patriots move to thirteen and five and four and two in District One Six A. That moves them into the top five to now the number three team in the state uh, with the series win. Lewisburg will face Olive Branch for their district opponent this week. Olive Branch, not good, not yeah, good. Three, uh, I'm predicting Lewisburg three and zero on the week. I, I they'll they'll be pitching JV pitchers by by Friday night. Well, I, that would be good experience for yes, them. Yes, exactly. Good experience yes, for them. Yes. Uh, now, turning to DeSoto Central, speaking of Olive Branch, they are coming off a three-game sweep from the bats in the arms of DeSoto there Central. Uh, the Jaguars won the last two games of the three-game series, 10 to nothing and 17 to one, both games by mercy rule. With that sweep, they now move to number nine in the state. So we have number three and number nine uh, in the state in DeSoto County. Final team that we'll be covering uh, today is North Point. North Point played a two-game series against the Episcopal Knights of Baton Rouge over the weekend. The Trojans won game one, 12 to three. Jay Ferguson got the win for the Trojans, who were led offensively by Owen Staples, who was three for three with five RBIs, Anthony Zarlingo, who had two triples and three RBIs, and James Smith, who homered and had three RBIs. The Trojans also won game two, 15 to five, behind the pitching of Hudson Brown. Zarlingo was two for two with a home run and three RBIs in game two. Connor McNatt was two for two with a double and a triple, and Hudson Brown helped his own calls by hitting a two-run long ball. The Trojans are now 13 and three, four and zero in district. And the Trojans next play ECS in a district matchup. If you enjoy hearing your team, whether it be baseball or softball, find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, Instagram at UTW Podcast, and again, like Derek said, on Twitter at UTW Pod. That's UTW Pod on Twitter. Wherever you hear our voice, whichever podcast provider you enjoy, please hit subscribe. Please hit subscribe so you'll know when our new shows come out, typically on Tuesday and Friday mornings. Most of all, please leave us a five-star review. We will take those all day long. Five-star reviews help us move up in order when it comes to podcasts. As Derek also mentioned, look for our brother podcast, OB Pod. OB Pod this week, just a quick shout-out to them. They worked their tails off with annexation coverage. Did a phenomenal job covering the Olive Branch annexation that happened or that was that was decided on by another friend of the podcast, uh, Judge Percy Lynchard, who came on in the fall, made some decisions about the Olive Branch annexation. Go listen to their show if you have concerns about it, interested in it. If you live in the Bridgetown area, definitely go check out the OB Pod to learn all about the Olive Branch annexation that was uh, reaching for 41 square miles only ended up being 18 so great coverage by those guys for sure reach out and find ob pod for that coverage well derek if there's nothing else i'm matt and i'm derek join us next time under the water tower